Good evening from Plug Kid Studios. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 485 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for November 26th, 2017. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, Uber has a bad week, Minecraft has a good addition, and YouTube has some new rules. Wherever you are, and however you may be joining us, whether it be through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcasts, uh, Podcast Play in the Microsoft Store, on Facebook or YouTube, or on any of our live platforms, Livestream.com, Periscope, Twitch, or Mixer, or of course on our apps, PluckHitsLive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. This here is F5 Live, refreshing technology the flagship show and the Plug Kids Live family of content. We are live Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we go for about an hour. We talk about the tech news of the week. Uh, there are two ways that you can join us. The first is by joining us live at uh, f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the uh, chat room and uh, uh, talk to us about the topics as we talk about them. Abram and I love to hear about what you think about the topics that we're discussing, especially during the Pilch Point, which will be on in just a little bit. We'll be talking about some kid tech. Um, or if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can subscribe by going to pluggitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including this one, the Pilch Point, our special events feed, our uh, unboxed series, our first look series, and a lot more. Uh, so feel free to head over there. Even if you're watching live, head over there and subscribe uh, to any of our other series as well. And with that, I think that's the spiel and possibly the fastest I've ever gotten through it. Abram, how are you? All right. Not bad. Crazy times. Uh, we're putting a lot of effort into highlighting deals for uh, this holiday shopping uh, week and weekend. Uh, tomorrow's Cyber Monday, so that's a big deal. I'll be getting up really early to be watching the deals and uh <laughs> and writing about them on our site so if you're uh <laughs> if you're looking for a deal on some tech whether it's a laptop or or anything else even a micro sd card uh you know definitely uh you definitely want to check out uh the home pages of tomsguide.com or laptopmag.com where we'll have links to all of our deal resources and i'll be uh deprived of sleep so <laughs> 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 you know, but it's but it's cool. There's a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool stuff on sale. Have you taken advantage of any of the sales, Scott? I have um, ordered anything. Yeah, I not not a whole lot, um, but I did. I've been for for editing the show in particular. One of the big slowdowns during my editing process um, is, especially for uh, F5 Live, is um, disk read sp uh, speed. And so I ended up getting, um, I picked up a 128 gig USB three flash drive that had uh, like class 10 speed that for like uh -huh. 20 bucks or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a sand disc. Like it's, it's a real. <laughs> and so I'm going to try putting mm -hmm. the uh, raw files on that when I render to see if that like for F five live, the, the final copy process at the very end can take up to 25 minutes wow and the hard drive wow. the hard drive spins at a hundred percent for that whole 25 minutes so i'm going to try and put the media on something that reads and writes faster than my spinning physical plate drive <laughs> and see if uh yeah. see if that helps and if it does then i'm going to go get a real sata drive <laughs> <laughs> to go in there to replace it. But this seemed like a, a $20 easy test. So, um, but it's just been little stuff like that. I got that. And like you mentioned, a, a, a SD card, I got an SD card for like almost free. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got, I got a 128 for $30. Yeah. That's crazy. So <laughs> micro SD card from my phone uh that was actually a few days ago that wasn't that was actually before black friday okay uh i got a color laser printer but it wasn't it was this this price a couple of days before so i'm not sure if you would call it a black friday sale but i got uh oh 
it's that part of the show. Uh, oh, there he goes. Ah, uh, uh, but it was fast. Okay. It was yeah, I got fast. an HP laser jet, color laser jet, four fifty two for two hundred forty bucks. Okay. Um. So you did find you your know, printer. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, to be honest, it was already that price. Uh, when I was asking a, I was asking at Facebook. I was mentioning this on based on a, my Facebook, like, hey, what are people looking for? Yeah. And I said I'm looking for this printer. It didn't get any cheaper than it was then. Okay. But I saw other places had it on sale for more than I had seen it. Okay. So I figured this is not going to get any cheaper <laughs> any cheaper than this. Sure. And uh, and my wife could kind of use it. Uh, sooner than later because she might use it for some of the holiday cards and things like that. So um so I ordered on Friday and it wasn't supposed to come till Wednesday, but it came it came yesterday. It came basically it came it came in like less than twenty four hours. Nice. So which is which is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. Now I have a strange kind of statistics question for you. What has been the winning retailer? You, what do you mean, like who? Who has? Like, had, I don't know what their sales numbers are. You mean no, like who's no. got the best deals? Yeah, yeah. Where where have you guys uh, found I mean, the largest collection of good deals? Oh uh, well, I mean, Amazon has a bunch, but a lot of things on Amazon also are are deals that were started beforehand. Yeah. So Amazon has a bunch. Uh, Dell had on laptops. Dell has unbelievable deals. I saw and that. Lenovo, and Lenovo had some fantastic deals as well. Uh, the XPS 13, which is our favorite consumer laptop overall, with 8th generation Core i7 and a 256 SSD, uh, was down at one point as low as $930. Um, that's normally a $1,200, $1,300 problem. Yeah, that's, um, that's a crazy good deal. The uh, ThinkPad T470, uh, the best productivity notebook, um, that right now, that has been down, and I think it's still even as we speak. Uh, you can get it for $779 with Core i5, a 1080p screen, and a 180-gig SSD. 180-gig SSD is a little weird, but you can't custom configure that one. If you custom configure it and you want a 256-gig SSD and um, the larger battery that you probably want and might want, then that's slightly over. That's like nine fifty, but still, that's normally eleven or twelve hundred. So, okay. uh, so that's. A, so they had some really the the manufacturers so, had some pretty good deals this year. Yeah, so Dell and Lenovo are always good places to look if you want want one of their laptops to go to Dell.com or Lenovo.com. Um, Amazon had some good deals on non. I mean, they had a few you know cheap like Acer laptops and things like that that they normally sell pretty well. Newegg also had some great deals. Yeah. Uh, possibly the best deal I saw all weekend, and I'll leave it at that, is now gone. They were Newegg was selling a Surface Book, the Surface Book One, not the two. Okay. The entry level model, which you know, which has eight gigs of RAM and a hundred. I think it was only one twenty eight gig SSD. So not was it eight gig and two fifty six or eight gig and one twenty eight? I don't remember. So I had the entry level Surface Book, right? Yeah. The, the the base model Surface Book that two weeks ago uh, Microsoft was selling for fifteen hundred dollars, they had for seven ninety nine with a hundred dollar gift certificate, Woo! gift card. Uh, so it was six ninety, effectively six ninety nine. Wow. For yeah, you know, I guess you had to spend that on new egg stuff, but that's not hard to do. Sure. So yeah. Dang. So um, that's a that's a that's a good deal right there. Yeah, yeah, that that is a good deal. They sold out of it. Yeah, no um, kidding. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that people do see a lot of this season is things that are like the older model. Yeah. So like Surface Book 2 just came out. So now you're seeing a discount on Surface Book 1. Uh, MacBook Pros from 2016 instead yeah. of 2017 are on some sales. Things things like that you're seeing. But you're also seeing brand spanking new stuff like the 8th Gen Core. Right. Um, you know, XPS 13. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends what you're looking for, but for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of good deals out there on laptops. Um, you know, a lot of good deals out there on it's, this is always a good time to buy storage and memory. Oh yeah. Um, you know, um, and some decent deals on monitors. 
Uh, also a good time to look at things like monitors and keyboards yeah, for, for sure. roles that you need. And and if people want a, uh, a good rundown of some of the stuff that is a good deal this time of year, if you go to PlugHitsLive.com and look at the uh, Pilch Point from last week, we covered uh, a number of products that uh, that can be a good deal and what to look for on what is and how to spot what is not a good deal. Uh, so go check that out. Before we get into the news real quick, I just want to uh, congratulate our good friend Terry Willingham. Uh, she uh, is somebody that we work with a lot, and uh, this week she won the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, Community Hero Award, which was really exciting. Uh, uh, big celebration during the game on Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, so that was that was a really cool uh, thing, and she definitely deserves it because I know nobody else in our area who uh, does more to uh, promote uh, education than uh, Terry Willingham. So, Terry, congratulations. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Obviously, we were just talking lots of Black Friday deals going on right now on everything from Surface to Xbox, PCs, and more. Uh, Black Friday obviously being a, uh, a uh, weird misnomer anymore, but you know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> You can you can save money on the surf on a Surface Pro bundle. You can get an Xbox One S for as low as 189 bucks, which is insane and way less than I paid for my first gen. Um, the the uh, uh, Windows Mixed Reality. There are bundles and sales on the headsets, so uh, you can check all of that out by going to f5live.tv/microsoft. So uh, we've talked a number of times over the years about companies who have just had a bad week. And uh, <laughs> this week, uh, Uber has had a bad week, in particular uh, from a legal perspective. That they had two big things hit them back to back this week. One, they kind of inflicted on themselves, which we'll explain in a second. But first, we'll deal with... Um, a problem that has cropped up for them uh, multiple times, and that is bad background checks. Uh, Uber has been known for uh, being a little lax on their driver background checks. There was a period of time where they were making decisions bef on whether to accept a driver before the background check was complete. and like This has been a problem for them over and over and over. And this week, um, the state of Colorado uh, in fact, the Colorado Public Utilities Commission uh, released a study and a fine against Uber for uh, the same general thing. In fact, they found that uh, in their research, they discovered 57 drivers who were not eligible to drive, either because they were uh, violent felons, they had uh, DUIs, or in one case... The uh, driver was an escaped convict who was literally on the lam. <laughs> and so, obviously, that's the kind of stuff that you almost don't even need a background check. You just need to read the newspaper to, <laughs> to know about. And all of them were driving. So, Uber was hit with a $8.9 yeah, $8 million fine uh, for that, which obviously makes sense. Um, and it's important to note that all of the problems that, that existed there existed pre the current uh, administration. The current CEO and their new team, uh, all of these things are from a time before that. Because the new CEO has not been in place terribly long in the grand scheme of things. And this 57 drivers covers an 18-month period. So the majority of this... Uh, and even probably the decisions for the ones that might have still been driving were all made before the new CEO, who seems to be massively uh, proactive, which I think is something that the company needs. Have you noticed that, Avram? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the reputation of Uber has it's not it's not had a good reputation. Right. I mean, it's had you know, obviously it's very successful, but uh, they keep shooting themselves in the foot with bad PR. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so bad that they dismissed the previous CEO. <laughs> yes. But when you have something like problems like those, it's probably more than just the CEO. For sure. Um, and case in point is our second topic. Um, they announced this week that there had been a data breach. Now, that in and of itself is not necessarily news anymore because it seems like uh, everybody has had one uh, this year. But what makes this news is that it didn't happen this year. It happened last year, and the previous CEO decided to cover it up and to pay the hackers $100,000 to, quote, delete the data, which, of course, you know isn't the way a hacker group is going to work and certainly not one who is capable of uh, getting into Uber's systems. And uh, the only reason that this was discovered at all is that the new CEO had actually been going through uh, past records and found this data breach and was like, I don't seem to remember hearing about this. Personally dug into it, found that, no, of course, nobody heard about it, discovered the payment and the cover-up. And uh, today... Two of the security officials with the company are gone, including the chief security officer uh, who was responsible for the problem that allowed them in and then was part of the, the cover-up uh, process. And the CEO said, uh, essentially, I, obviously I can't fix what has happened in the past, but what I can say is I'm going to work hard to make sure nothing like this ever happens again, which is what I would hope from the replacement for the past CEO who, like you said, you know, under the last administration, there were PR issue after PR issue, even, you know, him being well, a little weird and boastful. The, so th that's the response I would expect. Here, it would be nice to see if they, the, they can live up to it. Well, here's really the question. Nothing like what ever happens again. Nothing like covering it up or nothing like getting a data breach. Because data breaches seem to happen so often and the penalty for companies uh, that are doing it is almost nil. Like, yeah. you know, remember a few years ago when everyone was upset about Target and Home Depot leaking credit card numbers? Uh-huh. I mean, Be I don't think their sales this holiday season are affected by it at all. No, of course not. And, you know, and on top of... Theirs was because an employee in both cases, an employee in one of their stores had downloaded something they shouldn't have on the computer. It wasn't even Target or Home Depot's fault. In this case, it was actually the chief security officer had a they won't obviously they won't say what the problem was, but obviously the chief security officer missed something and left a hole. So in this case, it actually is directly the the company's fault. And yeah, nothing, nothing's going to come of it, but at least hopefully what I, mean, I hopefully what I think uh, the CEO means is that we won't see them ignore the trust that the public has put into them. Right. I hope. Well, I mean, like, look at the Equifax situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's a really serious breach. Like everybody, everybody's information is out there, right? It's it's all out there. So, like the the, the really important information, like their social security number and stuff like that, that you can use to for for like really serious identity theft. Oh yeah. Credit card numbers being credit card your credit card number being stolen. That seems to happen every other day. Right, exactly. So what information did Uber really have for people? It had probably had their address and their credit card number, right? I mean, yeah. you don't give Uber your social security number, right? Unless, unless you're a driver. Oh, okay. Well, did they say whether it was... I guess they lost the driver's information, too. It was so, both, well, yeah. Uh, um, okay. So my, my guess is that whatever was lost... Uh, according to Bloomberg, uh, the data that was lost was not um, 
critical data. It wasn't, it wasn't social. It wasn't even credit card information. Um, now, obviously, is Bloomberg correct on that? I don't know because Uber didn't seem to say. So I don't know where they're necessarily getting their information. But uh, yeah, Bloomberg says that the data that was, that was taken wasn't, wasn't quote-unquote critical. And according to Uber, they paid off the hackers to delete it. But obviously, we know that's probably nonsense. They took the hundred grand and ran. Yep. So, um, I guess the the takeaway from this is, uh, if you have an Uber account or had an Uber account in 2016, uh, maybe go back to like mid 2016 and make sure nothing weird happened on your credit card. And um, I guess that's about the extent of what you can do on that. But it does seem like the the new corporate leadership seems to be taking a different direction on managing the company. And I think that is really the important uh, aspect of, of both of these is that uh, the, new, the new management seems to be aware of the problems. And as they're made aware of them, they seem to be fixing them. Because in the past, uh, Uber had always denied like background check issues. And in this case, you're like, yep, we had a problem. Sorry, our bad. We fixed it, which is not how they've handled these things in the past. So it really does seem like the change in CEO has changed the way the company is responding to issues, and maybe that will help them out. I don't know. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, available in on-ear, over-ear, and in-ear. And of course, all kinds of uh, other headphones, earbuds, Bluetooth, and wired. Uh, they've also got Bluetooth speakers from the little hotshot to the uh, big Monster Blaster, which, by the way, one of my favorite products even this year. We talked about it last year. It's still one of my favorites. Um, and all of the cables and power to hook up those and all of your other devices, whether it be your computer, your home entertainment system, uh, are all available by going to pluckitslive.com slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram... This is quite a weekend for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was all right. Yes, I got to spend some family time yesterday and, and today. Uh, Thursday and Friday, we were working real hard to to help bring everyone the Black Friday deals to help them, you know, find the best. And uh, we'll be doing the same tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, you know, one of the things that it's a great time to buy are are laptops for kids, for your kids. And especially because holiday season, you know, this is the holiday season, so that might make a nice a nice gift uh, come, you know, come uh, gift-giving time. So the question is, so what kind of laptops should you get a kid and what and how much should you spend? Well, if you're talking about a kid that's not a teenager yet, like 7 to 12, you definitely, and even a young teenager like 13, 14, you probably should not be, you should probably be trying to spend under $500 because, let's face it, um, you know, you can have a very responsible child, but, you know, they may drop it. Do you really want to spend $1,000 on, on a laptop for your kid and then watch them drop it and break it? Uh, you know, feel a little less bad if you spent, you know, two, three hundred dollars on it than if you spent a thousand. Sure. Um, you know, so and then, you know, uh, I mean, I don't think too many people have a thousand dollars to drop on their kid's laptop anyway. Uh, so so, you know, so what so what's out there? What can you get? What's what's a good deal? Well, part of it depends on what your child what your child is using in school. If they are using something in school, sure. So a lot of schools do Chromebooks, uh, and if your child has a Chromebook in school and they want to replicate that experience at home, because a lot of schools have them where they let you use the Chromebook in the school, but then you don't get to take it home. 
if they get to take it home, then you're probably not shopping for a laptop, right? You're probably going to use that. But sure. um, but if uh, if they don't get to take it home, uh, there's you know they have a Chromebook. You want them to sort of replicate that experience at home. Having Chromebooks is is good. You know, Chromebooks are good for kids because they're hard to infect with the virus. And they're very easy to use. Um, our favorite one for kids is the Acer is the Acer Chromebook Flip 213 SA. That it's not the cheapest Chromebook. Right now it's on sale for $299 at Amazon. Uh, the Chromebook Flip C213 SA. And why do we like it? We like it because it is nearly indestructible. We you can drop it from uh, four feet onto concrete, and it will it will survive. We we tested it. So. It's not, uh, and it has superior battery life. It has 11 hours and eight minutes of battery life. It's very lightweight, uh, and it ha- and it's a two-in-one, so you can run Android apps on it. The only real downside to it is the screen is is you know standard 1366 by 768, so it's not a great screen, uh, you know, and you know, it's a Celeron processor, but that's fine for a Chromebook. Uh, so, so we like that one a lot because it's nearly indestructible. Uh, we also like a lot for kids the uh, Inspiron 11 3000 uh, for as far as Windows notebooks go. Uh, last I checked, as of this moment, you could get that laptop. It is a Windows uh, Windows 10 laptop, uh, 11.6 inches. It lasts over 13 hours on a charge. And you can get it starting at $166 at Dell.com. Nice. It, it's normally like $199. And, and now they have it at $195 with 15% off. So it's $166. I think that's the 2 gigabyte uh, model. It, you would probably want to see if you can configure it with 4 gigabytes of RAM for better performance. Uh, and that's really nice looking for kids, too, because it comes in bright uh, red, white, or or blue uh, colors. So that's a cool one for Windows. Now, if you spend a little bit more, uh, the uh, Acer Switch, uh, the Acer the Acer Spin 1 that we uh, discussed last week, uh, $329, is a fantastic 2-in-1 with Windows. It... Um, it has one of the most beautiful screens you can get on any laptop. It's a 1080p vibrant screen. It's got a nice keyboard. Uh, it's got you know a Pentium inside, so don't expect super performance. Uh, but uh, it comes with an active stylus, so that that's pretty cool. And you can get a version of it that is not uh, the one we tested. In other words, it's not metal, uh, but probably has the same screen and, and, and other specs. For under three hundred dollars at, at Target, I think they have one for like two seventy. So, so that's a really fantastic deal. Now, if, if portability, one last one, if portability is no concern, you figure the kid and the, maybe the other members of the family are going to use this laptop on a desk. They're not taking it to school. They're just using it around the house, maybe on the couch, maybe just on a desk. Uh, then a fifteen-inch laptop, the Acer Aspire E fifteen. Uh, is a great, great, great deal. Uh, there are several configurations to the E15, but you want the one uh, that the one that is the E5 575 33 pm uh, that that it right now is $315 on sale at Amazon. Normally it's $350, so it's a good deal even when it's not on sale. So look for the $350/315 one on Amazon. Uh, this one comes with a Core i3 processor, a 1080p screen, uh, a one terabyte hard drive, uh, four gigs of RAM, and it lasts over eight hours on a charge. So uh, pretty good, you know, pretty good deal, uh, can, all things considered. And it has a DVD drive should you actually uh, need one of those. Wow. Uh, so those are my those are my recommendations. Uh for the best laptops for kids, we have a few more on our uh, best laptops for kids page on, on Laptop Mag. But uh, for to see to learn more about that, to see more more deals on laptops that are up to the minute, I definitely recommend people check out LaptopMag.com, where we're working on this all the time. Uh, but I think the key element 
uh, that you're looking for with kids is, uh, you know, inexpensive, affordable, difficult to destroy, and then figure out is it Chrome, is it Chrome OS because I use it in school or is it Windows? That makes sense to me. Um, obviously, Abram, we always appreciate. Um, have you guys tested out and where where do if you have where do the uh, the Epic Learning laptops land? Because I know it's a brand that we hear about when talking about kids stuff kind of often. And I was wondering, do you guys ever interact with those? Do you know anything about them? We haven't. We have not yet. Okay. This might be our, our thing to do. We have not yet done it, but uh, maybe maybe we will soon. Okay. Um, I think generally what's good for kids is what's good for adults, minus you, you just want to make sure that it's secure, it's indestructible. Oh, and one more little thing. If, you're, if it's a child that's, say, like 12 or under, you probably want to try to get them an 11.6-inch laptop or a 10-inch. Well, there's very few 10-inch. You probably want to get them an 11.6-inch screen because that's much uh, easier for uh, smaller hands to carry and to fit on a smaller lap. That makes sense. You know, I, I hadn't considered the smaller laptop for, like, carrying purposes. I'd always thought that a smaller screen was better, but I just hadn't put it together why I thought that. That makes sense. All right. Well, Abram, as always, thank you. And you said uh, the the list from Laptop Mag is on laptopmag.com. Is it on the homepage? Uh, we'll we'll put it on the homepage after we, you can easily get to it. Okay. Plus, what's really important is check out our deals. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of deals on on there on many of these laptops. Fantastic. Well, have a uh, <laughs> have a good week. Hopefully, uh, tomorrow isn't gonna uh, kill you. Hopefully. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the gaming accessories that you need to up your PC and uh, uh, console gaming experience from uh, keyboards and mice to the new uh, PC and Xbox One controller. Razer has got it all. And of course, specials going on right now because you would be crazy uh, not to be running specials right now. They've got a number of their gaming keyboards on on pretty big sales as much as uh, almost 50% off and of course they've got uh, more than just their keyboards they've got mice and stuff as well and to find all of the deals and to find all of their other products you can go to f5live.tv slash razor all right so uh, Microsoft bought uh, a company called Beam a little over a year ago and has since renamed it to Mixer, which uh, some of you might be watching us on right now because we broadcast on Mixer. Uh, if you're not, uh, Mixer is a Twitch uh, competitor platform, but it adds a capability that Twitch doesn't have. On Twitch, if the viewers want to control the gamer's experience, they basically have to flood the chat room with comments and hope that the uh, gamer takes the suggestion. On Mixer, uh, if a game implements Mixer's uh, capabilities, they can allow the viewers to control aspects of the experience. And this week, uh, Microsoft has added that capability to arguably their biggest uh, franchise, Minecraft. And uh, through there, uh, viewers on Mixer will be able to uh, spawn enemies, add obstacles, or even change day to night, uh, which is pretty cool. But along with this comes the ability to stream to Mixer directly from the app, which means you don't have to have 
screen scraping or anything like that, even on Windows 10, you don't have to to Windows game bar and kick on Mixer. It it can just come right out of the app, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it means that you have the ability to stream the game from Android on a lower powered device that may not be able to play the game and run the screen scraper uh, side by side, uh, you'd still be able to stream because it's built in directly and the resource requirements are lower. And even on Android, uh, you get the capability of, um, of all of the Mixer add-ons. In fact, you get it on PC, Xbox One, and on uh, Android, which is pretty cool. It's nice to see some of this stuff start showing up in, uh, in bigger title games, right, Abram? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's great that it's great to be able to add more functionality to, to the, to games like Warcraft, Minecraft. <laughs> well, either really, <laughs> uh, it, the, the place that I see it, uh, that I was most excited about this capability when Microsoft picked it up was, was the more social games in nature. And Minecraft is definitely that, especially now with the, uh, the cross platform, uh, sharing and stuff like that, where it works everywhere except PlayStation. Um, that like, it's definitely a socially game. So to be able to add a, another level of social interaction to it, I think is a pretty cool capability. And obviously we're fans of Mixer. Like I said, we're streaming to it right now. In fact, if you, if you listened at the beginning of the show and just went to f5 live.tv slash join us, Mixer is the one that's embedded right there uh, on the page. Um, we, we've, I've been a big fan of the platform uh, since Microsoft did the big makeover. Um, I think it works. Just even if you use it normally, I think it works better than Twitch. Um, but I really, I really like this capability, and I hope that we start seeing it in more platforms. But I'm, I'm definitely glad that the place that Microsoft is focusing on is the more social games. If you had if you had a choice, where would you want to see it go next? I mean, I guess I'd like to see it go into, you know, more kind of uh, family, you know, more family types of games. Uh, I think that could be cool. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I'd I know the chances of them doing this are slim, but I think uh, some of the some of the games that are popular with uh, with Twitch uh, speedrunners, like some of the Nintendo games, the Mario Maker and stuff, the chances of Nintendo implementing Microsoft's platform are, you know, slim. But, I mean, they just launched a new game on iOS and Android, so maybe not. Uh, um, I, I think that would be kind of fun. The games that are really popular for, like, speedruns on Twitch, it could be a lot of fun to uh to trip up the speedrunners from time to time <laughs> yeah i think that could be very cool so that would be where i'd like to see it uh personally but hopefully just in general we'll start seeing it show up in more places but i'm definitely glad bringing it to minecraft could be the thing that starts pushing other developers to do it so fingers crossed um i'd it almost be i'd love to figure out a way to include it in the the live broadcast that would be fun too i don't i don't know how we would do that though i have to think on that hmm. definitely something to ponder This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from uh, blockbusters to... Uh, we'll go with Angel's Revenge. I don't know. They've obviously got a little bit of everything, and the way it normally works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with Netflix, Amazon, uh, your DVD, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they mix it, mix it up and do some live shows. Uh, 2017 is complete, and they have not announced 2018 yet, but hopefully they will soon, because uh, the live shows are some of my absolute favorites. 
And because it's that time, uh, Cyber Monday, you can get 20% off all, all riffs. Uh, does not appear to be any exclusions this time, so uh, no Wes Craven's Mind Ripper, only one uh, riff exclusion. <laughs> and if you spend 15 bucks, uh, you get a free uh, bonus pack, and their bonus packs are usually uh, really great. So now would definitely be the time to uh, go check them out if you have not done it before by going to f5live.tv slash tracks. They've even put a place on the on the website, which I really love, where they they list the movies that are currently available on Netflix, which I thought was pretty cool. So buy these because you already have the movie if you have Netflix, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, this is a bit more of a editorial maybe conversation, um, but. It's a topic that's that's come up again uh, this week. The Department of Justice has been, and to be fair, this has been around since the 90s, but it's gotten uh, more intense in the last year or so, uh, and this week because of a presentation. Um, the Department of Justice is once again calling for, quote, responsible encryption. And uh, well, basically what they mean by that is uh, irresponsible encryption. They... They... <laughs> They want uh, your data to be encrypted in such a way that there is an encryption backdoor, which that obviously that means that um, the only people who, who will have unbreakable encryption are uh, the quote unquote outlaws, which <laughs> is the opposite of what their goal is, right? The, the Department of Justice sees encryption particularly by services like um, Microsoft Azure and Google and Apple and, you know, the, all the cloud services as a prevention from warrants, which I can, I can see their, where their head is there. But you, you know that if they were to pass some sort of a regulation that makes Microsoft and Google and Apple uh, – have a back door that the people who are actually trying to hide something are going to use their own encryption. That's not going to have the back door. So, uh, you and I will be the ones who could be exposed, but not the people who are actually up to no good, which seems backwards. I, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't like this at all. I mean, look, I think we've to, to put it, Kindly, I think we've seen over the years the, the tremendous potential for abuse uh, when potential for for abuse with these sorts of things like you just don't know. Can you can you 100 percent trust that everyone in the government who would have access to this backdoor would use it, would, would respect your rights? Yeah, would do it responsibly. Uh, no, of course not. Can you can you check? Can you 100 percent trust that nobody else? Even if, let's say, everyone who legally had access to 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 get your stuff uh, would only do it under, you know, yeah. even if you could trust them, how do you trust that when there's a back door, somebody else can't find a way to open it? Yeah, so, once, once there's a back door, there's a back door. Anytime there's a, a point of entry, there's a point of failure. Yeah, exactly. It's completely against the spirit of encryption. Right. You know, uh, yes, I know that there's, you know, there's always the hypothetical. Oh, you know what? It, it's. I mean, we say the same thing about other other means of of going doing things warrantlessly mm -hmm. or lawlessly. You know, well, what if you know the only way to get this information is to have Apple unlock someone's iPhone for you? What if the only way to 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 uh, to get this information is to be able to confiscate people's phones at the airport without a warrant? Uh, you know, the more of these things we lose, the less it feels like freedom to me. So uh -huh. I, I, I think uh, I, I don't think they should go. I don't think that uh, I wouldn't trust any company that that goes along with this. Yeah, I I totally agree. And as soon as 
as soon as something like this started to happen and um, all of the big, I mean, Microsoft has been fighting this since the early nineties, but right, right from the beginning, you know, nobody was asking Apple to do anything in the early nineties, except make enough money to keep their lights on and Google didn't exist. But you know, Microsoft and Yahoo and companies like that have been fighting this since the beginning of the requests. Um, so I, I don't see them ever getting on board. Even if it goes in place, I can see them like pulling encryption and recommending other services, like not including it themselves just because it's, it's crazy that it's, it's so unsafe. You mentioned uh, unlocking a an iPhone and Apple refused to do it because they said once basically the same thing I said, once a, <laughs> Once a, a backdoor exists, it exists. And so they wouldn't unlock that, what, the San Bernardino iPhone? Was yeah. that what it was? Yeah. They said yeah. They said absolutely not. And of course they did. We, we're not going to write a special firmware for this because once it exists, it exists, and it's going to get out. And as soon as you create an, an encryption backdoor, there's... Who is everybody involved? Well, there's all the engineers at the companies who have created the backdoor. There's the people in the government who have the backdoor. That crap's going to get out quick. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it goes totally against uh, everything that encryption stands for. And by the way, what, what this could ultimately lead to is people who really, let's say everything here had to have a backdoor by law mm -hmm. or something. You know, uh, you know, that doesn't sound like, uh, you know, freedom to me, but, you know, it, I could see it happening. So uh, so let's say, uh, you know, it was it was legislated. So then people would find other places to put their data that yeah. that wasn't in the United States. Exactly. Or or they'd they'd write their own their own encryption that like I'd write my own to hide my own stuff. And then those would be the files that would get uploaded to to Apple or Microsoft or Google. And then uh, they're still SOL. Right. There's there's other ways around it. So so, you know, it, once again, it's for people who now look, there's a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, who are, who are engaged in criminal activity and they're not criminal masterminds sure. finding their own encryption. So. You know, I'm sure that if they had this backdoor, they would be able to get into more people's stuff, no sure. doubt about it. But, but, uh, but you know, look, that means that still people who are really, really, you know, trying to hide their hide their information will would certainly be able to do so. Yeah, can, will still be able to do so. So, you know, they might they might no. be able to to bust a couple extra drug dealers, but but the real problems would still continue to be problems. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question, no question about it. So, so yeah, this is, this is just poisoning the well for everybody exactly. uh, and, and for businesses. It. And yeah, it's, it's obviously a terrible idea. That seems like the punctuation at the end of that sentence. Thank you, Abram. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Now, right now, is the time, more than any other time of the year, that you probably want and need Amazon Prime. And good news, we have a 30-day free trial for you if you do not already have Prime. And in addition to the, the wonderful uh, two-day or sometimes same-day free shipping, you also get a bunch of other things like Amazon Prime Music where you can stream... Uh, a couple million songs for free included in your Prime subscription or Prime Video where there are all kinds of movies and TV shows and originals, the back catalog for uh, stuff for HBO and Showtime, all available there. Plus, we talked about, uh, we mentioned Twitch earlier. Uh, Twitch is now part of Amazon and uh, Twitch Prime gives you a free subscription uh, to one channel 
uh, per month, which is pretty great. You've also got Amazon Prime Photos, which uh, interesting, interestingly enough uh, includes encryption that hopefully won't have a backdoor one day and uh, unlimited storage for photos. And there's a whole lot of other uh, features of Amazon Prime. You can find out about all of them and get your 30-day free trial by going to f5live.tv slash Amazon. See how I tied that back in? Uh. Okay, so um, YouTube has had some uh, problems this year. It seems like their, uh, their algorithms have almost worked against them from time to time, certainly in the, the public eye. A couple months ago, we talked about how like 80% of their advertisers pulled out when uh, advertising their, their advertisements started showing up next to uh, crazy videos, jihadist videos, and violent videos and stuff like that, uh, which they were specifically not allowed to go along with. And so Amazon, or uh, what's their name? YouTube had to do a whole bunch of, uh, of manual stuff to, uh, to change the way all of that worked. And uh, now they are up against parents, which is never a good group of people to have against you. And it's because of their uh, YouTube kids service, which is supposed to be a kid-friendly version of YouTube where the content, the comments, the whole system is very contained and very safe for uh, younger viewers. Well, the algorithm over there has also gone a little sideways and has been including some not kid-friendly uh, content, including some... Uh, graphic and uh, sexual in nature uh, content, some really weird stuff, um, uh, Mickey Mouse in a pool of blood, like all kinds of weird stuff has started to show up on YouTube Kids. And in fact, BuzzFeed uh, reported a couple of weeks ago a number of incredibly inappropriate videos uh, to YouTube that were then uh, dismissed from the service entirely. And um, in addition to the content itself, they've had a lot of trouble with uh, comments. We know that the internet has been, ever since the Ice Bucket Challenge, uh, the internet, in particular YouTube, has kind of flocked to this challenge concept. Uh, two of the current ones are <laughs> theoretically uh, innocent, but not necessarily. One is the yoga challenge, and the other is the ice pants challenge uh, both of which can go a little sideways when kids are involved and um, when you combine that with the types of comments that you find on YouTube um, they have both definitely gone sideways so YouTube has had a lot of problems with YouTube kids and so what they've been working to do is put new policies in place which Makes sense. It's what they did after the advertising uh, debacle. They put new policies in place and uh, changed the way the AI worked and put some people in, in the middle. Uh, and they've added five new guidelines, uh, which include a tougher application of community guidelines and faster enforcement, uh, removing ads from inappropriate videos targeting families, which is the one I'm going to come back to in a second, uh, blocking inappropriate comments on videos featuring minors, which... I can tell you is a, a really important one. Uh, providing guidance for creators who make family-friendly content. So they're gonna, they're gonna help those that are affected by some of these other ones and then engage and learn from experts. Okay, let me get back to number two real quick because it's the one that I think is going to cause them or may have already begun to cause them some problems. It's removing ads from inappropriate videos targeting families. Their definition of targeting... Removing ads? Yeah. Or removing them from the YouTube Kids channel? Um, both. Um, that, the removing them from the YouTube Kids is, the, is included in the first one. And then as kind of as like punitive punishment, um, the second one is demonetizing them in an attempt to prevent them from creating the content if they can't monetize it. But, but the problem with it is, what are videos, quote-unquote, targeting families? 
because after these policies went into place, we saw a number of um, video game YouTube channels get demonetized across the board. Um, like there are a couple of, of high profile guys this week who were demonetized 100%. Um, but their content doesn't target families, but they are video game videos. So any kind of video game video is targeting families? Maybe. That's like that's the thing that I'm I'm worried about is that they don't have a tight enough definition of what targeting families means. Uh, What's the definition of inappropriate? Exactly. Yeah, that's there. There's a lot of uh, ambiguity in this uh, there. They have uh, more more detailed definitions of all five of these bullet points on their blog. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, even reading the, 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 uh, the detailed version does not make me comfortable that, that they're not going to miss target. I think, honestly, I think the only way that they're going to be able to get, uh, YouTube kids to work properly is to add a switch in the video upload that uh, says this is YouTube kids and then they start applying the rules. I think that's the yeah, only think, way you can do it. I think that would make sense is that you submit it basically to kids. Yeah. To the kids channel. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I guess also, it's also a little bit weird though because you know, obviously people look at things that are not with kids that are not quote unquote YouTube kids. Um, one that my son and I look at a lot is, you know, we look at game walkthroughs. So uh -huh. I guess, I guess they're right that, that game walkthroughs might target families. Uh, I guess it depends on the game though. Cause we're looking at like Lego games that we're playing. We're not looking at sure. like, you know, grand theft auto five or right. something like, yeah. If, if you're not if, researching if Call Grand, of Duty, if a Grand Theft Auto, like if a game that was like a mature game has mature content in the video, I can't really blame anybody for, you know, sure. Like you shouldn't say that's targeting families because right. like they shouldn't be watching it. You right. Know, yeah. In the first place, try, they trying be to, to demonetize that video would be ridiculous because yeah, that's so that's not targeting kids or families. So now the question is, what's inappropriate, right? right? So I've had situations even this weekend, right? My son, my son and I are big into playing like the the Lego, uh, the Lego video games mm -hmm. on the PlayStation, right? He likes them a lot. He liked Lego Dimensions, and now we're playing the Lego Star Wars. And like, a, you know, we I'm a big fan of those games too. <laughs> and we got stuck a lot, okay? You know, sure. and he's not super patient to figure it out. So he's like, let's see the video. So I go and I pull up a video on YouTube and my big concern is like if there's if there's audio in the video, is someone going to curse? Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's not, you know, they're showing the game, so there's not going to show anything right. visually. It's inappropriate. Sometimes, sometimes I'll take it and I'll just turn the volume all the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, but it would it would be good to know if they used any curse words during the video because I really don't want him repeating, learning that word, a yep. word like that, and going to school and saying oh, yeah. it, and then I'm going to get a call from the teacher, and I'm going to be in trouble. So, uh, so <laughs> you know, that's the bottom line. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I would like, I would like to know that. Like the other day, I was playing one for him, and somebody said, you know, the S word, uh -huh. and you know, like, you know, listen. Amongst adults, that's nothing. But, you know, for kids, you don't want to be saying that. So, you know, it's uh, so it, it would have been it would have been good to do that. Now, my philosophy is I'm just like going to try and just turn the sound off, you know, so he can't hear it. He could just see them sure. walking through the game. Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, but that's the so I kind of I kind of get where they're they're coming from with games being for families. But determining what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's like, you know, do you demonetize this person because in the middle of a game walkthrough that they, they didn't say was for kids. Right. You know, it's a game that kids may play. Uh, they they used they said, oh, 
uh-huh. password, you know? Right. <laughs> At one point. Like, you know, I mean, who who's... Also, how good is the AI at picking this stuff up? Right. I mean, when I use the uh, so, automatic... So um, far, obviously not great. When you, it, I mean, one clue might be the automatic closed caption, right? You ever use the automatic closed caption uh-huh. on YouTube? Oh, yeah. What percentage of words do they get wrong? <laughs> pretty, pretty high one, right? Yeah. Like, I've had to try to create transcripts for me... And I had to go in and edit like half the words. Uh huh. So, so like I'd you know, pay I'd pay money to see what came out of this conversation. You know what I mean? Like it would be you know that the trans the uh, transcript on this is going to come out bizarre. There's two vo- right, exactly. there's two volume levels and two there's all kinds of things that are going to screw it up. Right. Exactly. So. You don't have to pay money if you can upload it to YouTube and find out. Uh, but uh, but yes, so if that's their, what their that's what their AI sees, right? Yeah. When it's looking at the audio anyway. Can you really trust that? No. No, not at what all. If you, what if you're talking about what if you're talking about a ship uh-huh. and it doesn't hear you right? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> if, you know. if it's a uh... If it's Apple's uh, voice recognition, it's certainly going to seemingly always go to the naughty for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. what if you're using a fork? And what if you say the word fork? Mm-hmm. I mean, or, you know. or vice versa. What if you're doing uh, the Lego um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and you don't say ship? Right, and then it thinks that you did. Yes, right. because so, because maybe it's picking up context clues. Maybe, yeah, exactly. So, I I don't tr- I don't trust it. It's it's really di- it's. I mean, obviously, that's where they probably let that kind of thing go. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to say. I do think that having, I do think they would be better off with things that are marked for kids. This would be much less content, though. But having things that were sort of verified, yeah, much like they have verified on Twitter or whatever, like mm-hmm. this video has been verified, this or even even if you can get to a point of maybe this is a trusted uh, person, like yeah. a trusted post, a trusted channel, trusted, trusted channel. Yeah, that would make you sense. Know. You know, you just can't. I I know that all these places want to do everything through AI. There's just not enough human beings in the world to watch every YouTube video yeah. uh, that's uploaded. But yeah, there's got to be a human element. There's a really old statistic that uh, this was years ago. Uh, YouTube said that they had like a day and a half of video uploaded every minute. Yeah. Well, that's why people would need to, as you suggest, opt in to being in the kids' channel. Right. Right. Yeah. And maybe... Maybe if you really want to monetize it and you want your video to be put put, I mean, a lot of people are going to view YouTube without looking at the kids' channel. Let's just be right. let's just be straight about that. Absolutely. Like when I'm looking for these gay videos, I'm not looking to see are they in the kids' channel or mm-hmm. not. Like, are they in YouTube Kids or not? Right. We just, you know, but I think YouTube Kids is more for not the kid who's watching it with their parent right there, but like, oh, okay, I'm going to hand my kid the tablet and get yeah. him access to YouTube. And uh, hope for the best. Yeah. You know, uh, which, by the way, if you have a fire tablet uh, for kids, the a- Amazon does a great job of, of giving you really age appropriate stuff. Yeah. But do. it's not it's not user submitted. You know, you pay yeah. for free time unlimited uh, or if you buy the kids tablet, you get a year free of it. So that's pretty darn good. And then it costs you three dollars a month thereafter. They give you like all the great kids stuff, Disney stuff, Nickelodeon stuff, all the stuff that kids really want. Yeah. And it's not a wild west of, of, of uh, user submitted content and copyright violations and things <laughs> like that. It's I mean, you, I, I love YouTube, but it's kind of it's the wild west. It really is. I mean, that, that's that's part of what people like about it, that there's so much user submitted content. Right. And sometimes there are things on there that are sort of a gray area legally, like they, they really are copyright material, but YouTube hasn't caught them yet. You know, I mean, just go look for your 
for movies on YouTube. And sometimes you'll see movies or really old episodes of TV shows, maybe uh-huh. some things that have been digitized, uh, you know, around. Uh, so YouTube is the Wild West, and YouTube is making money. Google is making money off of the Wild West, mm-hmm. and the content providers are making money off of it being the Wild West. But when you want to introduce kids to it, it's really difficult to send your kid into the Wild, wild West if you don't want them to come back having seen something that you that they shouldn't have seen or heard sure. something that they shouldn't have heard. Sure, exactly. Yeah. I it's it's almost an impossible task. Yeah. On the possible is but the, the best thing is to do what Amazon does and either have a preset of content or just have a bunch of trusted sources. Yep. Period. Yeah. White instead of blacklisting whitelist. Yeah, I I think that's a much better idea for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this stuff actually goes into effect um, and how it affects uh, those people who are uh, like regular content creators. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who have joined us live. We've had people in and out of the chat room tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us live. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Plugitslive.com slash subscribe. From there, you can see this and all of our other series as well. Um, and uh, we're going to... Obviously, we, we're a little shorter tonight uh, in a way that I actually kind of liked because uh, Abram's got an early morning. And <laughs> so... Uh, I want to thank Avram and his team once again for uh, for all that they have done on like great work on uh, on curating deals all weekend on Thanksgiving and everything because uh, I know a lot of people really appreciate that stuff. So um, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram, and we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.